from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 19, Verses 1 to 3. King produced 100 horse sacrifices. Which, which verse we have here? Number 2. So I'll read verse 1. Maitreya uvacha tadik shataraja tu hayamera shatena sa Rama vartemanokitre Translation. The great sage Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, King Prithu initiated the performance of 100 horse sacrifices at the spot where the river Saraswati flows towards the east. This piece of land is known as Brahmavarta, and it was controlled by Swambhuva Manu. Text 2. What do we have on the board? Tad apipretya bhagavan, bhagavan. karmati shayamatmana, shatakaturamamrishe, pitoryagyamahotsvam, Considering this matter, 
Bhagavan, the most powerful, Karma Tishayam, excelling in fruit of activities, Atmanam, of himself, Shatkratu, King Indra, who have performed a hundred sacrifices. No, not. Mamishe, to tolerate, King Prito, Prito, sorry, of King Prito. Yagya, sacrificial, Maha Utsavan, great ceremonies. Translation. When the most powerful Indra, the King of Heaven, saw this, he considered the fact that King Prithu was going to exceed him in fruit of activities. Thus, Indra could not tolerate the great sacrificial ceremonies performed by King Prithu. Purport. In the material world, everyone who comes to enjoy himself or lord it over, material nature is envious of others. This envy is also found in the personality of the King of Heaven, Indra. As evident from revealed scriptures, Indra was several times envious of many persons. He was especially envious of great fruit of activities and the execution of yoga practices or cities. Indeed, he could not tolerate them, and he desired to break them up. He was envious due to fear that those who performed great sacrifices for the execution of mystic yoga might occupy his seat, since no one in this material world can tolerate another's advancement. Everyone in the material world is called Matsala, envious. In the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam, it is therefore said, that Shema Bhagavatam is meant for those who are completely near Matsara, non envious. In other words, one who is not free from the contamination of envy cannot advance in Krishna consciousness. In Krishna consciousness, however, if someone excels another person, the devotee who is excelled thinks how fortunate the other person is to be advancing in devotional service. Such non envy is typical of Vaikuntha, however, when one is envious of his competitor, that is material. The demigods posted in the material world are not exempt from envy. So because of envy, we suffer from adibotic misery, misery due to other living entities. This is confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam, 7th Canto, 15th chapter, verse 24. If you want to counteract the threefold miseries, it tells how to counteract each one. So for adibotic miseries due to other living entities, uh, good behavior and freedom from envy. So here we see what happens in this material world. Even the demigods are envious. Even Indra suffers from envy. And of course, here in this world, we will see this uh, throughout. When Srila Prabhupada went to Japan to print his books, he met with the executives of the Dinopon Printing Company. And he was talking to one of junior executive in the company. And he asked the junior executive, what is your goal in life? And the junior executive took out his calling card, all these calling cards, a whole stack of calling cards, and his was on the bottom. He took it from the bottom, put it on the top. So in order for him to be on top, everybody else has to go under him. 
So that's this is how it is in the material world. Um, this is how people get ahead, and it, envy is is there. They want to be on the top. They want to have the best job, and so therefore they suffer, and therefore they suffer from this misery of of um, problems due to other living beings. And so fortunately. It will be resolved because Indra is a devotee and Prithu is a devotee. And later on, it, this will be resolved. But now we're hearing the beginning of it and where Indra is going to do so many things out of envy of Prithu Maharaj, envious activities. So I'd like to also read um, verse 3. Yatra yagyapati saksha bhagavan hariri shara anvabhu yatasaratma sarvaloka guru prabhu the Supreme Personality of Godhead Lord Vishnu is present in everyone's heart as a super-soul. And he is the proprietor of all planets and enjoyer of the results of all sacrifices. He was personally present at the sacrifices made by King Prithu. So we're not going to hear about Indra's activities uh, right now. We'll hear about them a little bit later, a few verses later. But now we're hearing about the um, sacrifices of King Prithu and how they were so perfect that Vishnu himself came to the sacrifices. Uh, and he is the proprietor of all planets and enjoyer of results of all sacrifices. He was personally present in the sacrifice made by King Prithu. Purport. In this verse, the word sakshat is significant. Prithu Maharaj was a Shakyavish avatar incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Actually, Prithu Maharaj was a living entity, but he acquired specific powers from Lord Vishnu. Lord Vishnu, however, is directly the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus belongs to the category of Vishnu Tattva. Maharaj Priyatu belonged to the Jiva Tattva. The Vishnu Tattva indicates God, whereas Jiva Tattva indicates part and parcel of God. When God's part and parcel is especially empowered, he is called Shaktivesh Avatar. Lord Vishnu is here described as Harir Ishara, the Lord is so kind, he takes all miserable conditions away from his devotees. Consequently, he is called Hari. He is described as Ishara because he can do whatever he likes. He is the supreme controller. The supreme Ishara Pushottama is Lord Krishna. He exhibits his powers as Ishara or supreme controller when he assures his devotee in Bhagavad Gita, 1866, Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you from all sinful reaction. Do not fear. He can immediately make his devotee immune from all reactions caused by sinful life if the devotee simply surrenders unto him. He is described herein as saratma, meaning he is present in everyone's heart as a super-soul, and as such he is the supreme teacher of everyone. If we are fortunate enough to take the lessons given by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita, our lives immediately become successful. No one can give better instructions to human society than Lord Krishna. So I was inspired by this purport to speak something about this. Uh, lessons from Bhagavad Gita. And so here are the verses about offering sacrifice. Prithu is offering sacrifices to please Lord Vishnu. And it explains a little bit why. Why is he offering sacrifice? Because Vishnu is the proprietor of all planets. And second reason, he's the enjoyer of results of all sacrifice because everything belongs to him. So therefore we should worship him by offering things to him. 
So what do we learn from Bhagavad Gita? Uh, in chapter 10, verse 8, uh, Krishna says, I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise perfectly know this, engage in my devotional service, and worship me with all their hearts. So first, first part of the verse gives us a principle that everything comes from Krishna. Everything is emanating. He's the creator. And that implies if everything comes from him, everything belongs to him. He's the owner. He's the proprietor. He is the enjoyer. So first we have a principle. Now, if we, if we accept this principle that um, Krishna is the proprietor, he is the creator, then what would our behavior be? How, how would we behave if we actually believe that, if we actually practice that principle that Krishna is the proprietor? We will behave, the, the second part of the verse, we would worship Krishna with all our hearts. We will worship Krishna. So how to worship Krishna? We um, do devotional service, and devotional service means offering things as a sacrifice to Krishna. And so sacrifice. Now we get the ingredients, pataram pushpam phalam toyam, leaf of flower, fruit and water, from this uh, material world, from the universal form. This universal form that is the body of the super soul. And we take the things from the universal form and the the herbs and the cheese and, and the fruits and the vegetation, they are the hairs on the body universal form. And every herb, every tree has a purpose. In Ayurvedic medicine, they know what is this purpose. The, um, in Sanskrit, the word for the herbs and tree is oshad, oshad. So Ayurvedic medicine, medicine is called oshadi. And the place where you get it is oshadalaya. So it's, this is where we get it from. We get these herbs, and these are from the universal form. And during the reign of Maharaj Yudhisthira, the clouds showered all the water that people needed. The earth produced the necessities of man. This is from 1st Canto, 10th chapter. And the cow used to moisten the grazing ground. The rivers, the oceans, the hills, the mountains, the forests, the creepers, and active drugs paid their tax quota to the king. So that's what we heard in chapter 18, how if there is a Krishna-conscious king, everything is in harmony. Everybody got their necessities. They milked the earth planet, the calves came, they milked the earth, and everybody got their milk, their different type of milk. So it's really important because um, the universal form is meant to be in harmony. If, if there are some people fighting wars, then there's disturbance on the, on the body of the universal form. And so everybody, we're all meant to have some service to Krishna. When we do our service, then everything is in harmony. And Srila Prabhupada was explaining about the vegetables, the creepers. We don't know what their purpose is, but he said every creeper, every herb, every weed has a purpose to fulfill, has a service in the universal form. And he, was, he gave an example that when he was sick in 1931 or 32, he had a toothache. And he went to the dentist so many times and the dentist could not cure his toothache. Then his servant took him to the village and there was one um, jungle doctor there. He knew all the herbs. He got one herb and uh, he put it to his tooth and pain went away. So Siddha Prabhupada said he read in the Ayurvedic medicine that 
there is one drug, and there's a root. If you just touch it to your cheek, then all the germs will come out uh, from your tooth. So this is the, every, every weed has a purpose. The river has a purpose. We see the rivers in, in the rainy season. The water goes on the top of the hill, and then it comes down. Uh, it's evaporated from the ocean in summer. But if you don't pay your rain tax or your water tax, you won't get the water like Australia. Didn't get the water because they didn't pay the water tax to the demigods. <laughs> so fire, instead of water, they got fire. They got the opposite. Uh, so we have to pay our tax. So then the devotees paid their tax, uh, paid the tax, their kirtan. Murwellamba, there was one week kirtan for nine hours a day. There was kirtan in Sydney. Maharaj said as soon as he did the Harinam, Mahabhad Vishnu Maharaj, then rain came on the Harinam. So this is, uh, this is important. Uh, and everything must be in harmony. And then, and then we, will get, we will get the rain in, in the proper time. We will get the water that we need. So this is how nature is supplying. If we uh, are Krishna conscious, then we can control nature. The nature can be controlled by a Krishna conscious king. Probably gave another example of uh, when he was a young child. They were having there was a plague in all the houses of Calcutta, and uh, how they cured the plague was by Hari Nam Sankirtan. They went house to house with Hari Nam, and the plague was cured. So more more kirtan is needed for these fires in Australia. I, I, they're still going on, are they? Yeah. In Sydney. In Sydney, yeah, that area. Here is okay now. Oh, here they didn't have. Here was no problem. But anyway, yeah. So here, if we are Krishna conscious, then everything will be in harmony and we will get our necessities of life timely and not get the opposite of our necessities. So the impersonalists, they don't believe in worshiping the Lord. Why should we worship the Lord? Um, in, a, in one purport, Prabhupada says that the impersonalists think that he is God. But the personalist is grateful to Krishna, and that's why he offers. So we're hearing some reasons. Why should we offer sacrifice? Out of gratitude. Sri Prabhupada said, out of gratitude we offer, we worship the Lord in devotional service. Um, so we, uh, another reason why we should offer, because you might think, well, Krishna is not hungry, and he's not poor, why should I give anything to him? But... Um, He's impressed with our, our offering, our offering. Just like when I was, uh, when my son was five months old, then uh, I was, I had to feed him grains because he was a really big baby. At four months, I had to give him grains. So at five months, he was having his, uh, his porridge. And I took the spoon in the porridge, stuck it in the porridge, put it in his mouth. Then he took the spoon out of my hand, stuck it in the porridge and stuck it in my mouth. And I thought, oh, he loves me. <laughs> I thought, oh, he really likes me. He wants to feed me. So Krishna is like that. We're his little kids. And when we offer something, then he's pleased. He's pleased with that offering. He's very happy. 
to see that we're doing something for him. And uh, he's looking what we're giving to him. You know, we can, what can we give? Nothing belongs to us. And what can we renounce also? If we probably gives the example that if you go to the bank and you walk in the bank and say, I renounce this bank. <laughs> What's yours to renounce? It's not your bank. And so same thing if we say, okay, I, I give this to you. It's, it's not even yours. And, and Prithu will realize this uh, later on in chapter 22. He, he says he, the four Kumaras come and they help him. They give him instructions, and he wants to give some dakshina. But he says, actually, what, what dakshina can I give? Because everything belongs to you. You're the servants of the Lord. Everything belongs to Krishna, and everything belongs to Krishna's servants. So what can I give you except myself? Bali Maharaj had that realization too, because he had everything, and then everything was taken away except himself, and so then he offered himself to Krishna, to Vamanadeva. So it's the love that he's looking for. Sudama Vipra, he didn't have, he just had some little chipped rice. And he and it wasn't offerable even, it wasn't, you couldn't offer it. But he had so much love for Krishna that Krishna snatched that rice and ate it. Um, so everybody, we should offer to the Lord. What can we offer? Bhagavatam 10th Canto tells us, 10.22.35 Prana, we can offer our life. Pranar, artar, dia, and vacha. So prana means offer your life to Krishna. Prana. And, but Prabhupada in Alekshi says, okay, but that might be too difficult. You might say, you know, okay, that's a little much. Uh, so, okay, then Arta, give some money, give a donation, help help the devotees. And you might think, well, I don't have much money, I can't really give a donation. Then, okay, Dia, give your intelligence, uh, help to spread this movement, give some ideas how to manage. And you think, I, if you think I'm not so intelligent, then you can, there's one thing left, Vacha, you can give your words. You can chant. You can preach, you can sell books, you can, and even if you can't sell books, at least you can chant Hare Krishna. Even deaf people can chant Hare Krishna. I saw one deaf person who joined in Juhu Bombay. And when he joined us, he couldn't, he, he was dumb, deaf and dumb. He couldn't speak, he couldn't hear. But after associating with the devotees, he started making sounds. And uh, yeah, he was able to chant. Somehow the chanting goes through to the soul. They get the chanting, the deaf people. And, uh, and they progress in spiritual life. Yeah, I met another deaf person in um, Europe somewhere. And she said she had to write out her rounds because she couldn't say them. So she was writing her 16 rounds out on paper. So where there's a will, there's a way. The pranar artar diavacha, you can give these four things. So Srila Prabhupada, he saw, he saw all living entities as part of Krishna. But he wanted, and he wanted to offer everybody to Krishna because he saw that we're disconnected. He wanted to connect us back again. So he wanted to, he had that vision 
And he engaged all of us, both rich and poor. Uh, some of us had nothing to give, but others did. And Jayananda gave his savings to print Nectar of Devotion. And Brahmananda gave his life savings when he joined, too. And he, when he was giving the check to Prabhupada, he, he asked Prabhupada, so could I have the, the, the set of Bhagavatams? And Prabhupada said, that will be extra. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brahmananda said it was harder for him to get the $16 for the books than the $5,000 he gave to Prabhupada, because now he became a brahmachari, he didn't have a job. So, yeah, Prabhupada wanted to use us to use everything in his service. Another reason why we should offer to Krishna is out of friendship. Prabhupada quoted this verse in an early, very early lecture in 1966 from Nectar of Instruction, Dadati, Putigrinati, Guyama, Kyati, Prichati. Bhumte Bojaiti, Chaiva, Saviham, Priti, Lakshanam. Offering gifts in charity, accepting charitable gifts, revealing one's mind and confidence, inquiring confidentially, accepting prasadam and offering prasadam are six symptoms of love. So in 19, New York, 1966, he said, we must have these six exchanges with Krishna. Did you know that? You can do the six exchanges. We have to make friendship with Krishna. If you, like if you want to see somebody great, you bring a present. You introduce yourself in a loving manner. So if we want to go to Krishna Loka, we have to prepare ourselves how to love Krishna. So um, the beginning is offering. The beginning is offering. So how to love Krishna, he said, first you have to get up early. You don't like to, but you think, I have to chant 16 rounds on my beads. Prabhupada said, you may be lazy, you may not want to do it, but if you want to love Krishna, you must do it. In the beginning, you have to learn how to love Krishna. It's like, okay, now we have to do this, but when you come to the state of love, then it's, oh, I can't wait till I get my hand into my bead bag and chant my rounds. Wow, I'm feeling separation from my beads. Uh, yes. And so this is, I saw this in, when I visited uh, Jaipur many years ago. The people, it was uh, time for Mangalarti, just before Mangalarti, and people were running down the street shouting, Govinda, Govinda, Govinda. <laughs> so enthusiastic to see the, the deities. The whole city goes for Mangalarti and Jaipur. So, um, and also revealing your mind. When I first joined the temple in Boston, once a week, we, every single one of us had to line up and go in front of the deities and reveal our mind, give a report. Okay, this week I did this, 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 and I had this problem, please help me. Uh, we had to do that. Did you do that when you joined? No. <laughs> yeah, we, it's one of the 64 angas in Nectar of Devotion, reveal your mind. And we would pray and we would get answers to our prayers. We would get answers. Uh, that was one of the regular principles in Boston Temple. What year was that? Uh, 1970. 1970. And we had to circumambulate the temple, and it was crazy, like <laughs> 5 o'clock in the morning. We'd go out in the snow, and some of us would go barefoot, <laughs> circumambulate the temple three times. It was just madness. 
I'm mad for Krishna. That's okay. It's okay. We were mad for Krishna. Yeah, I was. I remember before I joined, I was thinking, oh, if I, if I, what if I join, and then I won't get to dance in the rain. Well, <laughs> that desire was fulfilled. <laughs> Between Hari Nam, ten hours a day, dancing in the rain, dancing in the snow, dancing in the sun, <laughs> ten hours a day. Yeah, for the six months I was there. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we have to be personal in our offering to Krishna. Um, so devotee thinks uh, I will. I'm servant of God, so let me become one in interest. The impersonists think, I'm God, I'll become one with God, I'll become God. And that's what my first guru, before I met Prabhupada, told me. You chant this mantra twice a day, and after six months you'll become God. I tried. (laughs) But it didn't work. So anyway, yeah, we are servant, we are servant. So we try to offer everything to the Lord. And we become one in interest. Uh, We don't want to merge. So one time in London, uh, Prabhupada arrived at the airport and the reporters came. And and as soon as Prabhupada came to the airport in London, all the devotees hit the ground. And the reporters were looking, what's going on here? And the first question was, do you think you are God? They asked Prabhupada. And Srila Prabhupada's answer was, spiritual master should be given all respects as God. But if he thinks he's God, then he's a dog. <laughs> so he had the perfect answer every time. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't defeat Prabhupada. So another thing, another problem with the impersonalists is they can't enjoy, they, they, they're austere, they don't eat nice things, Prabhupada says in the Gita purport in chapter 2. Whereas an impersonalist tries to avoid good eatables, a devotee knows Krishna is the supreme enjoyer and he eats all that is offered to him in devotion. So we, we have nice, nice food to eat. Whereas the impersonalists, they say this place is false, uh, don't eat nicely, better get rid of all your desires and merge. Finally merge. Have no desires. So if we look, we don't uh, this on yeah, yeah. On um, Radharani's feet and Gordita's lotus feet. If you look on underneath your their feet, you will find one symbol, which is a sacrificial altar. It's like a rectangle. So if you meditate on this sacrificial altar, um, you meditate, all your sins are burned up as if in the fire sacrifice. And another meaning of this sacrificial altar, if you offer your mind in sacrifice to their feet, you will stimulate universal nourishment. And uh, a, third re- a third reason, a third meaning of the sacrificial altar and the lotus feet of Gorditai, the universe is the form of Krishna. So whatever we see in this world is Krishna. And the offering is the form of Radha. So when we offer something to Krishna, we're, we're uniting Radha and Krishna. And this perfect union is indicated by the mark of the sacrificial altar. So here it says you should offer your mind in sacrifice. So how do we do that? By chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. We offer our mind in sacrifice. 
And uh, Radharani, she's in charge of devotional service. Uh, when I was at Pujari in Calcutta, and Prabhupada came in, he said, this uh, deity worship is under the direction of Srimati Radharani. Under the direction of Srimati Radharani. Nectar devotion confirms that in chapter one, to perform devotional service means follow in the footsteps of Radharani. It's not an activity of the material world, it's, a, it's under the control of Radharani. And Gita, he probably quotes Bhagavad Gita, Mahatmanas Tumam Parta, Daivin Prakriti Maashita. He quotes it, Nectar of Devotion, and says, This Daivin Prakriti is Radharani. The Mahatmas take shelter, the great souls are under the protection of Daivin Prakriti. Shimati Radharani. So this Bhagavatam, the sages had a realization while they were performing their their sacrifice, uh, fire sacrifice. Um, this is in First Canto, 18th chapter, that we have just begun the performance of this fruit of activity, a sacrificial fire, without certainty of its result due to the many imperfections in our action. In fact, our bodies have become black from the smoke, but we are factually pleased by the nectar of the lotus feet of personality of Godhead Govinda, which you are distributing. So the real nectar was not the fire sacrifice, but it was Sutta Goswami speaking Srimad Bhagavatam. So in this age of Kali, our sacrifice is not a fire good thing because there are a lot of fire bans in Australia. If you wanted to do a fire sacrifice, then you couldn't do it. In Melbourne, you know, they had to do it on the off days when there is no fire ban. Couldn't do their fire sacrifice. But uh, nobody can stop you chanting Hare Krishna. Now that's the age, that's for this age of uh, Kali. We chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Rama. Rama. I'll stop there if there's any questions or comments, Maharaj. Yes. Yeah, okay, Maharaj's question. You said Adi Bodak is. Yeah. You get free from it by getting free from envy and having good behavior. Behavior. Mm-hmm. What about Adi Daivik? Oh, yeah. Adi Daivik is from nature, is meditation and trance. And Adi Atmik uh, is Hatha Yoga and Pranayam, etc. But Prabhupada explains pranayam means chanting and dancing and <laughs> ecstasy. That's pranayam for us. He said that's that is pranayam. Pranayam, as far as pranayam is concerned, chanting and dancing is pranayam. Yeah, that was a, that's a great verse. How to how to counteract the threefold miseries? Then the same section where it says if you're dizzy, you stand up. Um, it could be. It's fifteenth chapter of, of seventh canto. Um, instructions yeah. for civilized human beings. It could be. Uh, that that well, that sounds more like Bhishma Dev. Does Bhishma Dev have something? In yeah, the, he also, yeah. He has something. Yeah. Anger, anger, forgiveness. So I can't remember. There is another section like that, is there? Yeah. It, yeah. It could be Canto 7. It could be Canto 11, for all I know, because I don't know Canto 11. Yeah. Um, yes, you have a question? Oh yeah, four things, yeah. Um, prana, artha, dhiya, vacha. Yeah. And I was thinking that other than prana, 
Yeah, everything belongs to Krishna. Even this body, what can you offer? But Krishna still instructs us, yes, that's all right. I know it's mine, but still you should offer it to me. These, these four things. Because the, the thing that we're not doing is offering. Everybody else in the material world, they just want to enjoy it for themselves. But the devotee, the difference with the devotee is he's offering it to Krishna. We're not keeping it for ourselves. We're not keeping Krishna's things. We're offering, we're using Krishna's things for Krishna. Yeah, it doesn't belong to us. Of course, nothing belongs. There's another verse in, I um, can't remember which canto, I think sixth canto. I can't remember. It's a verse about Lakshmi. It says that um, Lakshmi expands as the mind and senses of the living beings. So that even our senses, they're expansions of Lakshmi. So what should we do with it? Offer it to Krishna. Lakshmi is meant for Krishna. Even our bodies, they're expansions of Lakshmi. Yeah, I can't remember where that verse is. Yeah. I could look it up. Yes. Actually, the only thing we can actually do is desire. <laughs> the only thing we can do is desire. And okay. We, the only way we have a choice in desire is if the only choice is if we hear from Guru Sadhana Shastra. Okay, the only choice, if we, it's the only thing we can, Maharaj has said, I'll repeat it for those who are on the radio, I mean, whatever. The only thing we can do is desire, and our only choice the only time we get a choice is when we hear hear from Guru Sadhu and Shastra. Guru Sadhu and Shastra. Or uh, otherwise, we have to be under the influence of the three modes. Otherwise, we have to be under the influence of the three modes. So, so we have to use our prana, arata, diya, and vacha. vacha. Under we the modes. We have to use them either for Krishna yeah. or for the three modes. Yeah, it's either for Krishna or for the three modes. That's our choice. And. Uh, and, and the devotee understands it's not mine, so I should use it for Krishna. And the non-devotee thinks it's mine, so he uses it for, <laughs> under the modes, uses it for maya, serve maya. Yeah. Actually, everyone worships the deity. Yes. So either we worship Krishna as the deity or we worship our body. Our body is the deity. Everybody worships the deity. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the Bible is saying, though have these imagined forms. So our bodies are imagined forms. <laughs> uh, what's it? I think it says something like that, yeah. Idol worship. Idol worship, yeah. So our body is idol worship. And yeah. The movie stars, the sports stars, the politicians, that's idol worship. Yes? Um, Maharaji, um, you're talking about the sacrifice of tapasya. In Kali Yuga, I mean, if I just see myself, even if you're doing chanting, if you're doing reading, if you're doing listening, you know, we try to get a little comfortable in terms of, you know, putting the support at the bottom and stuff. Right. So, and not actually, so sorry, I'm just speaking to myself. Um, <laughs> um, I also try it, to get comfortable too. So, um, but actually, just kind of sadhana, the difference between the sadhana and actually true tapasya. So, how do we balance that and how do we, is it to no. what extent it is, it is right? What is it? No, Vishavde um, says tapo divyam. You should do transcendental austerity. 
So the sadhana is transcendental austerity. We don't need to do the austerities that the yogis used to do. Uh, put you know, surround yourself with fires in the summer, in the hot sun. That is not our austerity is to chant, chant Hare Krishna. Whatever will help us to chant, that's good. That's good. We do uh, we do have to watch out about eating too much. Prabhupada uh, did uh, in a lecture. Um, there's uh, where uh, in Bhagavad Gita it says you should not eat. You should be regulated in eating, sleeping, working, and recreation. So one little child asked the question to Prabhupada. Um, so you said if you eat too much, you will pay. And Prabhupada said to the child, "Oh, you want to eat more? You can eat more." He said there is two mistakes in eating: overeating and undereating. So overeating mistake is good for young boys like you, and uh, undereating mistake is good for old people. And he's, and then the child said, what about Tamal and Vishnu John Maharaj? <laughs> Can they? So Prabhupada said, no, they cannot. Over it. Yeah. My daughter asked, who Prabhupada? I said, Prabhupada, if I want to, uh, control, should I control my desire to eat? And Prabhupada started to laugh. And he said, no, no, don't control your desire to eat. And he said, but don't fill yourself, and then he pointed up to his neck. No, don't, okay, don't, don't fill yourself up to here. Okay, so I'll repeat that question. So somebody asked Prabhupada, should I, I control, who, huh? You asked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maharaj asked Prabhupada, should I control my desire to eat? And Prabhupada said, no, uh, you don't need to control your desire to eat prasadam, but you should not fill yourself up to eat. Eat as much as you want. You can eat as much as you want. But don't fill yourself, but don't fill yourself up to here. To the neck. Yeah, when, you, when you're old, you, you can't do it. Like you, When you were young, you can do so many things. But when old age hits, your, your eating goes down. <laughs> Otherwise, you, you pay. <laughs> you suffer immediately. Reaction you get. I do anyway. I'm speaking for myself. Uh, I cannot overeat now anymore, even though I want to. But no. Yes? Um, on on your, uh, that part, eating... I mean, we should treat everything as transcendental, whether it's the, you know, something you like or something from a little perspective you don't like that much. Is it fair to say? Because sometimes we try to eat things we like, mm-hmm. which is more materialistic rather than actually treating all the prashadam as transcendental. Everything it yeah, is when you get to an advanced stage, then you can go like that. But um, just like Raghunath Das, he was eating uh, some unfit rice that was coming out of the drain from Jagannath Puri. And... Uh, and one devotee was telling, telling Prabhupada that, you know, I can't, the prasadam is too heavy for me, I cannot eat. But the devotees are telling me, it's maya, I know you should eat it because it's transcendental and whatever happens to you is good. And so he asked Prabhupada, no, I can't eat the prasadam. Prabhupada said, yes, if you're Rupa and Raghunath, you can eat everything and it will be okay, it's transcendental, but you're not Rupa Goswami, so... Yeah, you have to discriminate what you're eating. <laughs> yes? Mother, uh, on the Maharaj question of offering to Krishna, offering to the most of nature, can you elaborate on the part of offering to the most of nature? Why, why it's not good to offer to the most of nature? Can you give some practical example? I think since Maharaj said that, I think Maharaj should answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not practical to offer to the modes of nature? 
Because then you become bound by the reactions. Because then you become bound by the reactions. You have to take one body after another. You have to take one body after another. But how do you offer to the modes of nature? I just want to know how when the question How do you offer to the modes of nature? Is that that's your question. How do you offer to what's the practical? How do you offer to the modes of nature? Desire, as Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Apuryamanam Vatala Pratishtam Samudram Apuryamanam, that verse in chapter two. So Nakama Kami, you desire to fulfill the desires that flow through your mind. When the soul desires a desire for sense gratification, that means you're worshiping the material energy. Okay, when you desire for sense gratification. If you go to the cinema, if you go to the restaurant and eat meat, then you're worshiping the modes. Okay. And then you're offering to the modes. Okay. If you go to the liquor, if you drink, you smoke. This, these are examples okay. of offering to the modes. The soul, his, his love is manifested as desire. Okay, his love is manifested as desire. So when he desires to fulfill the, the, the desires from the modes of material nature, then he's offering his love to the material energy. Mm. So if you desire, you try to fulfill desires according to the material nature, then you're offering your love to the material nature. Yes. Yeah. Yes? Um, you said that if everyone in this whole world becomes Krishna consciousness, then nature provides everything, whatever we want. Yeah. If the king is Krishna conscious, yeah. um, but then, then people will... Yeah. yeah. Everything will be provided. Everything will be provided. But in Kaliuga, even in Bhagavadam, it is predicted how the Kaliuga will degrade. Uh, yes. Incoming. So, and the devotees... So Kaliuga... Okay, so what's the question? So let me say, so even the devotees are less than 1% of the total population. So however we try to do um, sacrifices with Harinam and all those things, does it actually make some difference? Does the sacrifice make some difference? Okay, I'll give you a practical example. Mirwilamba was having a drought for many months. Rain hasn't, it didn't come. Then they did kirtan for a whole week. And on the sixth day of the kirtan, a huge storm came. And it was like heavy torrential rain. And then and they fin- after they finished their kirtan, the next whole week was heavy rain. Uh, yeah. When Prabhupada was here, the same thing, many things. Uh, when Prabhupada was here, the same thing happened. Hyderabad, when he went to Hyderabad, it was a drought. Devotees did Harinam and rain came. In France, Gorgovinda Maharaj went, and there was a drought in France. They did Harinam, rain came. <clears throat> yes, you can make a difference. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. Um, that the devotees are are doing Harinam, and it, it does help, it helps. These are practical examples. And I, I can see the difference. When I became a devotee, if you were a vegetarian, people thought you were nuts. Yeah. Now, it's everywhere. Not only vegetarian, vegan. Vegan, even if you go on the airplane, there's vegetarian food now. Before, it wouldn't happen. That's one change. There's a change right there. That we have, there has been a difference. There has, devotees have made a difference in, in the world situation. Even the United Nations is saying people should go vegan to save the, 
save the climate or something. I don't know. But but of course the reasoning I don't agree with that the cows are passing stool, so therefore there's too much uh, emissions <laughs> from the cows. <laughs> but actually, it's not the cows. <laughs> They're blaming the cows. <laughs> blaming the cows. But, yeah. Okay, any other questions? Yes. Uh, mother, um, I have grandchildren and they're now beginning to work. You have grandchildren who are beginning to work? Grandchildren. They are now beginning to work. And obviously, nowadays when you go to work, it's not like a nine to five. They expect you to work long hours. Long hours now. So oh, it's changed, huh? Oh, so, so you have to work more than more eight than, hours a day. Yeah, yeah. So if let's say in that case, their devotion start to decrease uh, because of so their devotion <laughs> started to decrease. So what would be the uh, our obviously we try to encourage them to do more devotion when they're younger to help them when they're older. Uh, how do you balance that? How do you balance that? that? Yeah, that's very difficult. They would have to get up early. They would have to find time during their uh, um, office hours, yeah, lunch hour to chant and or read or something. Find time in their breaks. Yeah, but that would require a lot of discipline and a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of desire. It might be hard. <laughs> it might be hard to do that. Because the general thing is that from from the parents is that. Oh, you're doing more work now. You should cut back on your devotion. Immediately, that's the first thing you do. So, and I'm obviously, I'm happy for that. But at the same time, they have to go to work. Yeah, so, that, you know, that's that's the sad thing about this material. Yeah. You have anything to add, Maharaj, about that? I have a lot. <laughs> he has a lot to add. Too much. Too much. A whole seminar, right? <laughs> but if they're working a lot then they should give some donation to spread Krishna consciousness. Yeah, right. Okay. They can give donation. That will purify their work. That will purify the money. Mm. Well, one reason why people lose their enthusiasm for sadhana bhakti is because they don't apply it in their practical life. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, okay. One reason people lose their enthusiasm for sadhana bhakti is because they don't apply it in their practical life. So if they're working for Krishna, then that's application. If they're giving some of the money that they're earning for Krishna, oh, they can meditate. Oh, this is going to be for Krishna. Yes? Um, Janeshwari Gopi, uh, her daughter gave her first paycheck to the temple. Janeshwari Gopi's first daughter, uh, her daughter gave her first paycheck to the temple. Just see. Yes? The other question is, what do you drop? Do you drop your sadhana or do you drop your Facebook, your news, your internet? Do you drop your Facebook? Do you drop your sadhana? It's <laughs> The average person spends three or four hours watching television and yeah. surfing the internet and watching. But if you got a twelve-hour job, you're not going to be yeah. doing that. <laughs> His problem, the problem is they're working. Working fifty or sixty hours. So many. Yeah. yeah. How many? They start at eight o'clock and they expect to finish sometime nine, ten o'clock, especially Yeah, thirteen, fourteen hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I've heard that before. Even even more hours they expect sometimes. Yeah, if yeah. if you're on a contract, then they pay you according to the contract, not according to the hours. Yes. 
I know, and, and one, uh, one devotee, she said she was getting back at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and going to work at 7. Uh, yeah, and she was in a high-paying job. This is in Canada. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and they're, it's slave labor. <laughs> it's, I call it, you know, manager or something, but you're, you're treated like slaves. Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga, yeah. There's no dharma, there's no, no dharma. Of moksha. No moksha. There's only a few vaishas cheating vaishas. all the other shudras. Shooting the shudras. Arthur and the kama. Yes, yes. Kama. Kama rules. Kama, Arta and kama. Money for kama. <laughs> yeah, everybody's working for money. Yes. But usually the contract work is quite well paid. And the people that work six months, they may be very intense, but then they usually have two or three months break before the next contract. So then that two or three months, then you get to catch up. That's, that's oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to work so hard. You, you just kill yourself for six months. And then have two or three months break. Two or three months break. I, I met one devotee, and she got so many diseases from working hard. And she worked until she paid her loans off, and then she left everything and just went to devotional service and VIHE. But she, you know, and she said not only her, all the, all the people in her work had so many diseases from this hard work. Yeah. They get sick. Hmm? Well, one thing is that other religions, what they've done, is that they've created their own businesses. Uh -huh. Some of them are super successful. Like uh -huh. the Mormons own, in America it's called Safeways. and. Uh -huh. They have all kinds of businesses, so then they employ their, their mm -hmm. members in those businesses, and they ensure that, you know, they have jobs. It's good. They have proper jobs with the proper hours, and they take care of them. Yeah. If we're probably wanting farm communities. <laughs> farm communities. Yeah, I know. In some places that I've visited, uh, some devotees have businesses, and they employ other devotees and play other devotees in their business. Then Sweden, and where else in America? Yeah. Seattle. Yeah. You have tissues? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it must be this garland I'm allergic to. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, I think yep. I might have. Oh, thank you. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, we're we're in the age of Kali. Very difficult, but the golden age is coming, right? <laughs> For ten thousand years. We're in it. We're we're already in the golden age. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Even in Vrindavan, it's difficult, you know, now the pollution is, it was, you know, you can't live. 500 out of 1,000 it was in Kartik. During Kartik it was 500. Delhi was 999. It, it, the, the meter couldn't read it. <laughs> it was over the meter. And that, and Vrindavan was 500. And so it goes between 3 and 5 and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you, you don't. Yeah, it's going to take a while. 
hopefully. But if the results will come, maybe not in our birth, in our life, but in our grandchildren's lives. Well, we better prepare because we have to come back. <laughs> I know. We, yeah, yeah, we got to prepare because we might be those grandchildren. We might be. Have to finish our work. We don't finish this life. We've got to come back and, and do it. That's right. Lisa, let's make Guru cool so we can come back to Guru cool. <laughs> Yeah, there's good Guru cool in uh, Alachua. My granddaughter loves it. There's a very nice Guru cool in Alachua. And uh, it's producing wonderful children. So now we, we know where to take birth. <laughs> right, you could choose your family. <laughs> I think there's a nice one in Australia too. So it's so good. Yeah, Merola. Apparently, some of the communists bring their kids to the school. So yeah. Right, right, right. And in right. mm -hmm. Alachua, too, they have two schools. One is a Gurukul and one is a, like a charter school, outside school. They have two. And half of the charter school is half non devotees. They get prasadam. Okay. Jai, Mugoishya Prabhupada. Jai, Jai. Thank you.